0: The last few weeks, we've been talking about seven steps to Pentecost. We kicked that off with the resurrection of Jesus Christ on Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday. Jesus is the key to everything. The second week, we talked about how that after that 50 days, that 50 days from the day that Christ was raised from the dead, he gave us Pentecost, which is the Holy Ghost and the church, the day that they were birthed. And the day that he gave them to his people. And that's what we've been talking about. And we'll continue to talk about the remainder of this last two or three or next two or three weeks. Today we're going to talk about eagerly desiring the Holy Ghost. We need to eagerly desire the Holy Ghost and the things of God. And so today I want to give you seven quick reasons why we should eagerly desire the Holy Ghost are the things of God. And I want to start off here that that in that 50 days, Jesus spent the first 40 days focused on proving his resurrection, proving the truth of the kingdom of God, and just hanging out with the disciples and sharing meals with them. And we talked about that last week. But the last 10 days, he commanded his disciples to eagerly desire the Holy Ghost. He said, John baptized with water, but I baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So it's very important that we, the church, seek the Holy Spirit and the things of God with all of our heart, our soul, and our mind, that we eagerly desire the things of God. So seven quick things that I, or that I think we need to talk about today and why we need to do this and why this is important. And because we love God is the first point I'm going to talk about today. But most importantly, because God loves us. The second point is Jesus commanded us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the third, the Holy Spirit is the only connection the believer has with God And the Holy Spirit will lead us to victory, is point four. Point five, the Holy Spirit will cause me, us, to be a powerful witness. The Holy Spirit will give us revelation. And then the Holy Spirit will help us perfect our human nature. But that's what I believe the Lord has put on our heart today. And so, Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And we thank you for sharing these words with us today. And Lord, as we break open your word, your Bible, Lord, we ask that you minister to us today. Father, I ask that you meet every need out there, Lord, that as we already sang about, all other things are sinking sand, but but Jesus, your son. And Father, when we put our trust in Jesus, your son, everything's gonna go great. And so Father, we ask that that all of us in out there listening today would give all that we have to you and trust in you in our situations. Why? Because, Lord, you will move and you will touch us and you will bring us closer to you. Father, you're in control and we give you glory, honor, and praise for that now. Today, if you had turned with me in Acts chapter 2, uh, 1 through 4, and again, I, I brought my Bible with me because I was rushing everybody in scripture. So by the time I look it up, the, you should be there as well. I went outside to greet the people. Before the service here, and I kept my distancing, you know, and and anyway, the I was given a test when I went outside, so I probably won't do that again, because I'm not sure I'm smart enough to pass some of these tests. So that's why we need the Word of God to help us remember what God has told us. But today, in Acts chapter two, one through four, when the day of Pentecost arrived, in other words, 50 days after the resurrection, 10 days after the ascension they were all together in one place and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind you guys we can't do anything without the wind we talked about that last week that that even in the development of of America we depended on wind in other words to drive our windmills to to create power to create the saws that cut the wood that we needed the wind Well, we need to win the Holy Ghost, too, in our life of the Lord. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. The Holy Spirit was divided. Remember, Israel was led by a cloud by day and a fire by night. That fire was divided and landed on each individual, and they received the Holy Spirit. So that Holy Spirit can reside in the believer When we call upon him verse four, and they were all filled with the Holy spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. And then in Acts chapter two, we're just kind of reading the chapter here, but Peter preaches from five, uh, verse five through verse 37, a prophetic uh, word. And he uses scripture and he's praying and he's seeking God. And he's talking about Christ's death, his resurrection. And the people said to him, what must we do? And again, Acts 28, 38, or excuse me, Acts 2, 38 through 39. And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for the word today. So seven quick reasons why we should eagerly desire the Holy Ghost. Number one, because we love God. You know, all Christ asked us to do was love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind and to love our neighbors or ourselves. But that's great and everything's awesome there. But the other part of that is, and the most important part is, is God loved us. And, And that's something we ought to get a hold of, that God loves us so much that he did all these things for us, sent his son, allowed all these things to happen to his son. That's why I should eagerly desire all things that God gives me, the word, Christ himself, the Holy Spirit, as we're talking about today. I wanted to read from 1 John four eighteen through 21. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. And I reason I say that today is a lot of us still are operating in fear, but when we're operating in the, our love for God and our love for, or his love for us, that casts out all fear. For fear has no, has, has to do with punishment. For, for fear has to do with punishment, nothing. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we, we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. And that's pretty difficult to do sometimes. You know, to be able to love the way that Christ loved us. To love God the way that Christ loved us, the way that God loved us. But the Holy Spirit will help us do that. And it reminds you of the Holy Spirit in 2 Timothy 1.7 when Paul said, For God will never give you a spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power. In other words, the power of the Holy Spirit to love God and his people and, and everybody put in front of us. And that's the point that I want to make today that, that we can love God like he loved us by the help of the Holy Spirit. We can love our brothers and sisters by the help of the Holy Ghost. Man, I was so pumped today that that I got out this morning and our friends from Africa, David, Pastor David, was online. I went live and watched the church in Africa that we support preach God's word. And Dave was sharing that same scripture today on how that we have the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. God's love resides in us and we have self-control. And so God just kind of confirmed that again to me, that the Holy Spirit helps us love when it's difficult to do. Because Jesus too, because Jesus commanded us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. In other words, we do it because Jesus asked us to. Jesus said, don't leave home without it. That's obedience. Jesus asked us to repent. Believe, be water baptized, baptized in the Holy Spirit to love God and people and be witnesses. How have we done when it comes to be- obedience? The Holy Spirit can guide us in obedience as well. Have we repented today? I know the Holy Spirit convicted me years ago that I needed Jesus Christ, and I repented and I accepted Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Is that you today? Is the Holy Spirit challenging you to receive Christ? Then let's be obedient to that. Did we, Were we obedient in the next step to be water baptized? Have you been water baptized today? Are we still good in being obedient to the Lord? What about baptism in the Holy Spirit? Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Because Jesus asked us to do that. Have we been obedient to that? Are we still loving God? Are we still good? Are we still loving people? Are we still doing what God's called us to do? Witnessing telling others about Jesus Christ. The third point I wanted to talk about today is the Holy Spirit is the only connection we, the believer, have with God. Zechariah 4, 6 says, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. That's telling me that military might, political power, or human strength cannot accomplish the work God calls us to do. We can only do his work if we we're enabled and led by the Holy Spirit. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. And what better way to get acquainted with the Holy Spirit by opening, than opening up God's word? The, the Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God, the Holy Spirit. So again, what better way to get acquainted with God is to be led by the Holy Spirit, what better way to get connected to God by his Holy Spirit is through the word of God. The scripture says in 2 Timothy three sixteen, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thir- completely and thoroughly equipped for every good work. Wow. The inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Through the word. I say it today as I move on to the next point. The only way to defeat this pandemic is through God, by the guidance of His Holy Spirit. And we need to remember that today that we need not fear, but we need to let God's love wrap us up and His power deliver us from this. Point four today we are led by the Holy Spirit, we will be victorious. So when we are led by the Holy Spirit, we will be victorious. Jesus attained victory over all things, even death. He was filled, he was led, and he relied on the Holy Spirit. And so should we. Do you guys realize that Jesus was with the Holy Spirit at the creation of the universe? Well, we could preach a whole sermon on that. Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of the Virgin Mary. Jesus was baptized by the Holy Spirit at the River Jordan. Jesus was empowered to minister by the Holy Spirit. Luke 4, 1, 18 and 19 tells us. Jesus was crucified in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was raised from the bed dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus knew the Holy Spirit inside and out, and he related to the Holy Spirit in a personal manner. Are we being led by the Holy Spirit today? We can obtain victory when we are led by the Holy Spirit, just like Christ. Jesus overcame it all, even death, by the power of the Holy Spirit. The fifth thing I want to talk about today is the Holy Spirit will cause me to be a powerful witness. And I think believers forget about that a lot, that that God has called us to be powerful witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. And he told them to wait for that Holy Ghost to receive the power, but you will have the power to be witnesses to all the world. So locally, abroad, uh, across the United States, across the world, we can be led by the Holy Spirit to preach the gospel. In our devotion that I shared with you last week that some of us are doing together from Sports Spectrum uh, this, uh, the last day of it, Matt Forte said something that stuck with me, and Matt Forte used to play for the Bears, so, you know, even though the Bears stink, you know, I still think there's good things that happen with them. It says in there, or Matt said in this devotion, Jesus isn't our good luck charm. And, and boy, that just ministered to me all week, That that here he was saying so many Christians, Think if they say a prayer or if they go to church or they just act out the Christian life, that that they're going to have good luck and everything's going to go fine. And, 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 you know, when we fully give in to Christ, that's what happens. But Jesus isn't a good luck charm. What he was trying to say was we serve Jesus, point two, through obedience and what? Being saved, being baptized with water, being filled with the Holy Spirit, loving God, loving people, eagerly desiring all the things of God, most importantly to be a powerful witness. And he went on to say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. The Lord really kind of showed me an example here. The difference between those clothed with power, the Holy Spirit, and those who are not. And he reminded me of Gideon in Judges six, thirty-four. Gideon was clothed with the spirit, it says, but the spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon. And we saw that with 300 men, Gideon brought deliverance to Israel over thousands and 10,000s and 100,000s. And then in Isaiah 31, Isaiah says that, that the Egyptians are mere men. They're not gods and their horses are flesh and not spirit. He was saying there that they weren't led by the spirit and they were this great power at the time that, that everybody looked up to, thought they were so powerful and wonderful, but they couldn't stand up under the power of God. So who would you rather be clothed with, the power of God or the power of men and Satan in this world? And Paul are, was trying to tell us the difference in that. But as a believer, we need to be clothed in power and we'll be great witnesses. I'm going to read from John 14:12 from the Amplified Bible. But it says, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, anyone who believes in me as Savior will also do the things that I do. And this is Jesus talking. And he will do even greater things than these in the extent of outreach. In other words, witnessing because I am going to be with the Father. And that's John 14:12 and they amplified. So we need to be the Holy Spirit to be powerful witnesses. And number six, the Holy Spirit will give us revelation. The, the Bible says, "But when the truth-giving spirit comes, he will unveil the reality of every truth within you." He won't speak on his own, but only what he hears from the Father, and he will reveal prophetically to you what is to come. Psst, what is that? Last week, we discussed when we take time out for God, in other words, 10 days, pray and study God's word, the Holy Spirit will give us a revelation. The Holy Spirit must be trying to tell us something today. What is that, Amy? Are, you having, are we having internet problems? Landon Mayberry, get up here. Come up here, Landon Mayberry. Landon Mayberry, he's a turkey hunter, and he's in here showing off his turkey call this morning. You can sit down or you can stand up there, but... but I believe the Holy Spirit's trying to reveal something to us that Landon comes in here and puts off a turkey call like that. So uh, I just want to ask you today, so how do you prepare for turkey hunts? Well, I have to take time out to go find the turkeys and see where they're sleeping and what they're doing. And, and so I'll... you got to take time out. Yeah. So that's kind of like the Holy Spirit. We need to take time out. For the Holy Spirit, by the way, look into that camera there. Yeah. So you got to take time out for the Holy Spirit for God to reveal things to you. Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. And then once I figure out what they're doing, then I go up early in the morning and I set up my decoys and I sit down and I call the turkeys. So you study and you prepare and you find a location. Yeah. You're looking for a good location. That's right. Hmm. Is that kind of what we need to be doing when we're seeking the Holy Spirit? That we're studying, that we're preparing for the hunt? Are we hunting the Holy Spirit today? Hey, sorry to interrupt you. And then... Hey, you're looking good today, though. thanks, thanks. thanks. You're looking good. Whenever the turkey finally does come in, if it comes in, I also have to shoot it, which has been my biggest trouble this year. Oh, yeah, that's my problem a lot of times. So So you're going to call the turkey in. Yep. And that's what you were doing a little bit earlier. Choo, 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 choo. Uh-huh. So you're talking to, you're relating to, you're doing everything you can to receive something. Right. Well, you notice Landon said that sometimes the turkey comes in, but I can tell you today when we seek the Lord, when we call out to him and we pray to him, we call upon his name, he will respond every time. He will come running to us every time. That's right. And then what happens? And then you, I, you shoot them? Yeah, then you shoot them, then you get to eat them, and that's the best part. Oh, so now how am I going to, I'm trying to tell you to shoot the Lord, huh? Uh, so how are we going to re- give a revelation through bam? Well, the, uh, the Lord hit me with that the other day. When we do these things and we take time out for God, when we set up and, and find a quiet place and study the word, and when we're calling out to him, we're praying to him, bam! The Holy Spirit's going to give us a revelation, and we're going to eat of the Lord just like we received from this turkey, this turkey here. (laughs) Hey, thanks for coming up today. I love my brother here, and I put him on the spot. So anyway, I'm getting signals, so we're done here. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, brother. God gave us a revelation today. So when we eagerly desire, hunt down the Holy Spirit, God will move on us. So in what way do you need a revelation from God today? You know, I've been hearing that people are needing jobs or out of work or whatever. Let's take some time out and we seek out the Holy Spirit. We'll study and prepare what God's word says. And again, this word is inspired by the Holy Spirit to teach us all things. And, And the Holy Spirit will teach us all things through prayer. And bam, the Holy Spirit will move on us. What about healing today? Do we need healing in our lives today? Whatever it may be, let's eagerly desire the Holy Spirit. Let's seek him with all of our heart and soul and mind. And the last thing is a new revelation. Do, or, or Excuse me, this isn't the last thing. I, I added this in today, and it caught me off guard here. Uh, let me get my thoughts here. I was studying, and I think I posted on my Facebook but Brother John Hagee had preached out of Hebrews 9.28. And it said in the scripture there, and again it was talking about that, that we should eagerly be desiring Christ's return. And, and this is a revelation, I believe, the Lord gave in me to in prayer the other day, and then listening to him. But we need to eagerly await, desire Christ's return. And Hebrews 9:28 says, But when we die. We will be face to face with Christ, the one who experienced death once and for all to bear the sins of many. So when we die, we're going to go face to face with Christ. But if we're still alive and we're eagerly awaiting him, the scripture goes on to say, and now to those who eagerly await him, he will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to bring us to the fullness of salvation. And what it's talking about is we need to eagerly desire Christ's return, the rapture of the church. And eagerly here means a strong desire to have something. In other words, a believer with a strong desire for Christ to return. Do we have a strong desire to, to, for Christ to return? Do we have a strong desire to pray and seek him out every day and just get close to him? Well, I'm not sure we do sometimes. Sometimes I think we get to where we love this world so much that we're not eagerly desiring heaven and Christ to come back and to see Christ face to face. And I think that that should be our challenge at all time, that that we're seeking God over more, over everything. But John Hagee said something in that, and this is one thing I did take from him here, that those who do not eagerly desire Jesus will not go the rapture. I thought that was pretty bold. I would have said maybe those who do not eagerly desire may not go in the rapture, but he just cut it night and day. He said, if our heart isn't for Christ, then we're going to be left behind. And I get to thinking about that. If my heart isn't for Christ, if I'm seeking after all these things other than him, then there may be some truth to that. But what scared me more than anything that what we're left behind for after Jesus raptures the church, Revelation 9 tells us a little bit about it. Revelation nine eighteen even tells us that, that there will be pandemics that will, that will wipe out a third of the world, meaning a third of the world will die from pandemics during tribulation. And I probably never thought this was possible until COVID-19 pandemic and it shut down the world, just this little bitty one. It will be nothing compared to the great tribulation when the Bible says one third will die from plagues. I went and looked up the world population and it's just about to hit 8 billion right now. We're a ways off, but a third of eight billion hear me on this would be two billion six hundred and sixty six million six hundred and sixty six thousand six hundred and sixty six people will die in a short period of time with covid nineteen there's been two hundred and two thousand nine hundred and seventy six deaths as of Thursday when I looked this up in a short period of time. It's nothing compared to what's going to happen during the great tribulation. And guys, I don't want to be there. I don't want to go through that. I want to be resurrected out with a church. Revelations 9.21 tells us, who will be there during tribulation and why. And it says the ones that will be there through the tribulation will be the ones that refuse to repent of their evil deeds and turn to God. They will continue to worship demons and idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone, and wood. These idols that they never can see, that don't, they can't hear, nor walk, And it really got me because I see the world chasing money and riches and all these things. In other words, the distractions that keep me from seeking God are these very gods and idols that he's talking about in Revelation that do nothing for us, for eternal life anyway. And he goes on, these people did not repent of their murders, of their witchcraft, or their sexual immorality, or their thefts. Wow, think about that. In other words, they heard the word, and they knew what God's word says, but they refused to repent of murders, witchcraft, sexual immorality, thefts, whatever the word of God may say. They desired this world more than Jesus' world. Their God was sin, money, riches, prestige and fame. And that's probably what bothers me the most is because I believe believers today just think they can do whatever they want to do when that's not my relationship with the Lord. I want to know the Lord more and I want to be more like him. It's not a question how much I can get by with. It's not a question how much I can sin, how much sin will God tolerate that I will still make the rapture. It's not about that. It's about, I love God so much that I want to do what this word says. I want to seek out the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to me and draw me me closer to the Lord. I want the Lord to come back. I want the Lord to free me from this captivity that we're in under this world. I want to experience the fullness of Jesus Christ. That should be our desire. Do we eagerly desire the fullness of Jesus Christ? And that's what we're talking about. The Holy Spirit teaches us how to do that. And I'm going to close with that today. The Holy Spirit will help us perfect our human character. We can live a holy life with the Holy Spirit's help. And that's the most important reason that the Holy Spirit is with us to help us. Look at where the disciples came. Where they came from, hiding and and not believing in the power of God to being filled with the Spirit and being bold and, and dying for the Word of God. They fell into a relationship with God and they wanted nothing else. But Galatians 5 says, If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. And so doing that, our fruit... As the Bible says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Galatians 5.16. These are the things that we need to be pressing into and asking the Holy Spirit to guide us into. Love, the first one. Love here is an agape love, an unconditional love. It means charity, a caring for and seeking the highest good of another person without motive of personal gain. Is that your love today for people, for God, that that it's without attachments? It doesn't matter what happens in this life, in this world. I'm going to love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. I'm going to love people with all that I have. Well, the Holy Spirit will help us do that. Joy. There's a lot of Christians that aren't operating in joy. I struggle with joy myself sometimes as I get bogged down by all the nonsense of this world. But joy is the feeling of gladness based on the love, grace, blessings, and promises and nearness of God that belong to those who believe in Christ. Our joy is based on Jesus and we'll never operate in joy until we are based on Jesus. So when you bought that new car and you thought it's going to bring me joy and a week later you were not in joy. And you were like, why would I buy this car? Why would I get in debt? Or if we're trying to find joy in a spouse, uh, you know, my wife's wonderful, but she can never find her fulfillment completely in me, and I'll never find my fulfillment completely in her. Our joy comes from the love, the grace of blessings and promises and being near to God. That's what brings you joy. Guys, if you don't know the truth, Wednesday night when we were doing a test for this deal for the live feed today, I was very put out uh, that I was going through a lot of junk going on that day. And I didn't want to come up here and record and practice. And I came in here with an attitude. Well, if you have tests, I've got to talk all the time so they can run the test. And I didn't want to do that. And so I didn't want to bull up either. So I just grabbed my Bible and those that were with me, if you notice, I just started reading the Bible And the more I read the Bible, the more joy came into me. And we had a good time playing around, just sitting in and enjoying God and his word and each other. God's all that's going to bring us joy. Peace. Peace is a rest of heart, mind based on the knowledge that all is well between the believer and his or her heavenly father, resulting in freedom from turmoil of anxiety. So I want to get back to the first part of that. Peace is the rest of heart and mind based on a knowledge that all is well with Jesus, with a believer, that relationship. Half of us are miserable at times because we are not in good relationship with God. We are in sin or we're chasing after this world, or maybe it's nothing even wrong. We just get so preoccupied with this world that it bogs us down. And that's kind of the way I was Friday. And I had to get into the presence of the Lord Because my peace is found on what? Nothing less than Jesus Christ. Long-suffering is endurance, patience, being slow to anger or despair. With humility and gentleness, with patience, we bear with one another in love. That's long-suffering. It's patience. Gentleness, or some of your Bibles may say kindness. Not wanting to hurt anyone or cause anyone pain. Man, if you want to cause anyone pain, in other words, whenever you get hurt by somebody and you see they get hurt and you go, yeah, that'll teach them. That's not kindness. That's not gentleness. You don't want anybody to hurt or anyone to have pain and you don't want to cause them pain. The Bible says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ Jesus forgave you. Goodness. Goodness. Zeal for truth and righteousness and hatred of evil. Did you get that? Goodness is hatred of evil. Sometimes I don't think the believer hates evil enough. We tolerate a lot of evil in our lives. Goodness can also be expressed in acts of kindness. Goodness can even be correcting somebody that's operating in evil in a godly way. In other words, we're striving for Christ-like goodness in our life. We're looking for Christ-like goodness in our brother and sister when they're struggling. We're trying to help them. Faith is a firm and answering loyalty to a person to whom one is united by promise, commitment, trust, and honesty. So faith is loyalty to Christ, to trust him, to have faith in him and his promises, his commitments, and who he is. Do we have faith, trust in Christ? Do I want to mingle a little bit? The Holy Spirit just told me to mingle a little bit. Faith is having loyalty in your marriage. Marriage is between a man and a woman. And we do it in front of God. And a lot of you are married right here behind me. And we told God we're going to be faithful to our wives. We're going to be faithful wives to our husbands. So faith is being loyal to the one we promised our lives to, whether it's Christ, our spouse, or maybe even the commitment in business. I always get after my kids. When we say something, we need to be faithful to what we say and do it. Gentleness. Meekness. Gentleness is restraint coupled with strength and courage. It describes a person who can be angry when anger is, is needed and humble and submissive when su- submission is needed. Gentleness. Restraint. God has given us the Holy Spirit, the power, the love, and the self control. Gentleness. And the last one is temperance or self control. Self-control is mastering one's own des- desire and passions, including faithfulness to one's marriage vows. Also, purity. So we're hearing that being self-controlled, being faithful to our marriage vows, to being faithful to our vows with Christ. Self-control. A lot of you thought, well, you skipped when you gave me the fruits of spirit. You forgot to say, and get, against such there's no law all of us like to skip that so we don't understand what it means. But Paul's final comment about against such there is no law, the fruit of the Spirit indicates that there are no restrictions to a lifestyle indicated here. In other words, you're not restricted. No laws, nothing will restrict you. Christians can, in fact, must practice these virtues over and over again. God will never prohibit you from doing these. God wants you to do these things, and the Holy Spirit was sent to help us accomplish these things. Praise team, if you want to come forward today, and we're going to close out with a song as they're coming up. I'm going to share something else that's kind of burning on my heart that I believe was Revelation as we close out. And and anyway, I love you guys and I want you to hear this, but the early church disciples knew the Holy Spirit inside and out. They took time out, like we're talking today, for God, 10 days in their case. They prayed, they read the word, and received many revelations from the Holy Spirit through the book of Acts. We see all these revelations. So they continued to pray, to take time out, to, to open the word and to allow the Holy Spirit to flood through them so that they could operate the way God wanted them to operate. And I want to read from you Acts chapter 15, and I'm not going to read the whole book or the chapter, but in verse 28, Acts 15:28. this is what they wrote. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit. And so the whole story began. Paul and Barnabas were in Antioch. And they were preaching the word. And there was another Jewish Christians there that were preaching the word. Well, they got off into some false doctrine. They were telling them, unless you are circumcised, you can't be saved. So you see that the fruits of the Spirit had to come into operation there. That they had to love God, love people, and and to be self-controlled, to have peace, to joy, to love, all that. But Paul and Barnabas were in such a hard disagreement uh, this disagreement was so strong, it was heated, and, and vehemently is a word that was used in my word in 15.2, which means forceful, forcefully, passionately, and intensely disagreed with what they were saying. They were upset. So heated, they took it before the church in Jerusalem, 15.3 and 6. So we see that self-control coming in there, that gentleness, all that. There's a time to be angry, but we got to stay in the, in the guidelines of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I call it a righteous anger, but, but they handled themselves according to God's word and took it before the church in Jerusalem, 15, 3 through 6. And they had a long discussion. Through this discussion, they prayed. In other words, they're taking time out. They're praying. Peter addressed the crowd through the word in fifteen seven through 27. Peter's address was based on the scripture. We see in 15 and 16, he even quoted a passage and then they said at the end of it it seemed good to the holy spirit and to us to lay no greater burden on you than these few requirements in other words the holy spirit gave them a revelation Do we get what we're trying to say today one commentary said the jerusalem councils were direct directed by the holy spirit Jesus promised that the Spirit would guide his followers into all truth, John 16, 13. And he's talking about this this passage of Scripture. Humans alone must not make decisions of the church. They must seek the spiritual guidance through prayer, fasting, and commitment to God's Word until his vision is clearly discerned for the church. That's what we see they did. Acts 13 here, 24, they did it again. The church is to be the church of Christ, and we must hear what the Spirit says to the church. Jesus said that seven times in Revelation to seven churches. The Spirit, you must listen to what the Spirit has to say to the church, the Holy Spirit. So God's speaking to Oakton, God's speaking to every church, to all believers, and His Holy Spirit manifests in us to give us revelations of what we should do. Man, that ought to make some of us excited. I'm going to hit like there because I really like that. Actually, I love it. God is faithful when we are faithful. But something else, a lot of you come to me and you say, you know, Pastor, I really, you know, I'm not getting clear direction, but I know this is what God wants me to do, but uh, I've really not gotten a revelation. Well, Rick Renner said that the leadership of the early church, and again, this is Rick Renner, was so well acquainted with the personality of the Holy Spirit when they needed to make a crucial decision regarding the Gentile converts. In other words, the passage we just read, it seemed good to them. In other words, the early believers knew the Holy Spirit so well that even if they didn't receive a specific word from the Holy Ghost, they were able to make a necessary decision because the personality, they knew the the Holy Spirit personally and it seemed good to them. In other words, we should know the Holy Spirit so well that we should just be able to respond. In other words, there's times that we need to seek the Holy Spirit, but especially if God's Word says to abstain from sexual immorality, we don't need a revelation from the Holy Spirit. It's already been revealed in the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of the Word of God. In other words, when the Word says to be faithful to our wife. We don't need a revelation. God, you know, she treats me like a dog, and, and I need a revelation from you to whether I ought to stay with her or not. It's already in the word inspired by the Holy Spirit, and it seemed good. Well, in this case, the word that Peter already quoted talked about there'd be a day the Gentiles would be received into the kingdom of God, and it seemed good to them to just do it. Because they knew the Holy Spirit so well. Do you know the Holy Spirit so well today that you fly through life? Do you know God so well today that you just breathe through life? Well, that's what our talk and our study has been on the last few weeks. Is knowing the Holy Spirit and allowing him to minister to us. But we got to take time out. And guys, I challenge you to take 10 days. Man, you'll have a move of God on your life like you wouldn't believe. And get so well acquainted with the Holy Spirit that you just respond to things because you know that's what God wants you to do. But then there's times that we need a revelation. We need to know exactly what God wants me to do. And he will give us a clear revelation when we again take time out, pray, seek his word, be filled with the Holy Spirit and receive that revelation. What blessed me about this chapter in Acts 15 After all this discussion we just had, it says this, and there was great joy throughout the church that day as they read this encouraging message. When we're in the presence of the Holy Spirit, when we move out in the Holy Spirit, there's going to be great joy in the church. Great joy in our lives. So we need to give our life to Jesus Christ today. If you're, if you're out there today and you haven't accepted him as Lord and Savior, confess and believe in him. The Holy Spirit's drawing you. I know he is. Let's, let's, let's give our hearts to him today. If you confess him, Jesus, I love you. You believe in him. I believe he died for me and, and forgive me of my sins and rose from the dead. Then you're saved. Have you been loyal to water baptism? May 31st, we're going to do a baptism here at Oakton. If you want to be involved and be baptized, baptized, God, you've been saved and you want to be water baptized, get a hold of us. But what about baptism of the Holy Ghost? Are we so well acquainted with the Holy Ghost that we not only been baptized, we're refilled, renewed, like the disciples all through the book of Acts. They are refilled and refueled by the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we love him. Why? Because he loves us. Why? Because he commanded us. Why? Because it's our only connection to God. Why? Because we'll fail without the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we'll be a powerful witness by the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he'll give us revelation. Why? Because he'll perfect our human nature. That was the points we discussed today. That's why we desire the infilling of the Holy Spirit. But whatever you need to do, just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and allow him to speak to you. In other words, you're going to take time out. You're going to pray. You're going to confirm it in God's word. And you're going to seek a revelation from God.